Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Student Section College Football Edition podcast. I'm joined by Matt Costantini and Matt Breen. Guys, it was Ferragosto in September. As an Italian, I'm completely blown away by this. But whatever, this is my second time. So, you know, I kind of got broken in. Costantini, I'm sure you went, right? Oh, absolutely. Ah, good. Breen, he's half Italian. He, of course, went, right? Of oh, come course, on. of course. Sorry, I had to turn on the mic there. But yeah, for people that don't know too, Ferragosto is the Italian food fair that uh, Arthur Avenue puts on every September, and it is always a very big event. As an Italian, obviously, I don't want to explain that. It, you know, I it's it's beneath me. You know, I it just, just you know, for me, it's just such a shocking thing that 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 you would celebrate something that should clearly be the twelfth of August, not the what was it the 10th of September but you know it was really a nice uh nice showing uh I I had a good friend of mine John who uh not John Furlong of of uh the FUV FC podcast but John from Palermo who uh is is Italian American but goes back and forth kind of like me and he's looking to buy the uh Palermo team the soccer team and we're currently in Serie B so you know we're total trash but you know hopefully someday we'll we'll light it up but you know hopefully some uh our old school blood from a hundred years ago will come back and buy our team. But, you know, I know I'm sidetracking a lot, but you know, it's just something I had to bring up because it's, it's a nice thing to see when I, and when our families from across the pond are still reconnecting with the culture, you know, anyway. Uh, so this has been a great weekend for me, not just because there was this wonderful Ferragosto, but also the Oklahoma Sooners for the first time in the last 17 years, did exactly what I wanted them to do. 17 years ago, the Oklahoma Sooners won the national championship. Since then, Big Game Bob has completely failed me multiple times. And Lincoln Riley showed up, and as my dad said, Mir, it's a new era. And you know what? It seems like that's happened. Costantini, what do you think? The game was absolutely fantastic from start to finish. Oh, you can tell me, man. Um, Baker Mayfield just took over. It was amazing to watch. I I went into the game thinking Oklahoma was going to take it, but I didn't think that it was going to happen the way it did. Yeah, I mean, I was so stressed constantly watching it because, you know, we had two turnovers in the first half, you know, and I'm constantly going to the bathroom out of stress. I mean, I literally was just so nervous about this because I was so upset about last year, and I thought this year, it, deep inside, I thought, you know what, maybe OU can do it. And, you know, the two turnovers told me, and I kept texting my dad, it's over. It's over. That's it. You know, it's another year gone. But you know what it was? It just seemed like Baker and Lincoln Riley are really best of buds, not just a quarterback and an offensive coordinator slash head coach. You know, it's they really get each other. And Baker, and I know I'm, I might be going out on a limb of saying this, but at least Kirk Herbstreit can kind of back me up because he compared Baker Mayfield to Brett Favre. I personally thought that Baker Mayfield looked a little bit like a a younger version, and I don't know if quite as talented, Drew Brees. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, I was a little, I was a little skeptical about my first initial gut reaction, but then you know, the more I think about, it, the more I think, you know what? They kind of pass it. They kind of run around the pocket the same way. Baker remind. I can get that from Baker. He he's a gunslinger. He'll do. He's a gamer. First off, he he will do absolutely whatever he needs to to win that game for the Sooners, and. He has the right attitude going into the game. Speaking of, what did you think of that victory lap he took and going and playing okay, so, the flag in the middle of the field? Okay, so all right, well, well I was going to get to that a little later, but look, I loved it. You know, I I'm, I constantly saw 
Bob Stoops not being very aggressive. I constantly saw Sooners not really stepping up, being as vocal as they normally should be. Eric Stryker was one. But, you know, I've always seen the Sooners kind of as this team that I love and I root for all the time. But, you know, me being such a, a an outgoing person and always in your face with a lot of people, you know, I really always wanted to see a Sooner do that. And you know what? I think it was fair. You know, they, the Ohio State really, you know, came at us last year after our loss. And rightfully so. You know, we, we looked pathetic. And, you know, they, they just stomped our yard. And that's fine. But, you know, we... We got to do that to them, and we're not going to play them next year. So, you know, why not? And, hey, guess what? In the three times that – or, sorry, four times that Oklahoma has played Ohio State, we've won twice, and they've won twice. And we won the first meeting, and we won the last meeting. And that's the only two meetings that really matter. So I'm happy with losing the second and the third meeting. And I don't know, when's the next time we're going to play Ohio State? See, I love it as well, and I really like it because – you hear all these people all the time being like, oh, these kids need to act yeah, professionally exactly. and they it's need college. to get ready for the next step. Exactly. It's college. They let them have fun. This was pure emotion after a huge win that will just really catapult them to the rest of the year. But the only way that I see this not being a good thing is if they see each other in the playoff or the championship. Hey. Because I really see Ohio State looking at this as a punch in the mouth and it's going to be something that really fires them up for the next matchup. And, you know, I'm going to mention this later, but if you saw, if you watched the whole game through, the Oklahoma offensive line was just knocking over the DNs of Ohio State. This amazing, talented group, which, I granted, I really agree, is a very talented group with, uh, I think his name is Sam Hubbard, uh, who's, who's a junior right now. He's a stud DN from Ohio State. He looks like a, a younger version of Joey Bosa. They not have as, the younger version, right? Of but Bosa. but and they have the brother as well, so it was a, a nice combo. And then they had another player that I'm, I'm, I'm I think his last name is Hunt, um, that's also really good. But you know the D line was so notoriously famous for being very good, and Ohio State's always had a good D line, but this one looked like particularly good, and it looked. I mean, it was so great for for me because you know I I love old school Oklahoma football. You know, running it, smashing it through players, and you know stuff like that. And, and it was great to see players like Orlando Brown just literally grabbing Sam Hubbard and knocking him over onto his side. I mean, they 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 just looked bigger, they looked tougher, they looked like they wanted it more. And Ohio State looked like a classic team that has a lot of five star recruits and doesn't have the fight in them. But you know what? I don't think that that's Ohio State's issue. I think there's something wrong in that locker room. I think there's something seriously wrong with JT. And I, as much as I'd love to continue talking about the Sooners. I really think we need to address this JT Barrett issue. The guy has literally gotten worse the last two years. And you know what? He looked he looked so apathetic and almost heartbroken before a game, and that's looked so weird to me. You know, the quarterback's supposed to be that he's known for being this great leader, and I, you know, I was confused. I was I didn't understand. What did you think, Matt? I agree. I've never been the biggest JT Barrett guy ever since he first came in um, when he took over for Cardell and when he took over for. Um, I took over for for ba- uh, Braxton Miller. Yeah, sir. Braxton Miller. Um, I, never... I wanted to call him Baxter almost. That would have been terrible. <laughs> I never really thought that he was the best quarterback on the team, and even now, I still don't. And if you look at his year right now, he's not having the best statistical year. Under 500 passing yards, only three touchdown passes. Sure, he might be getting it done in the run game, but it's, he's not really showing me anything 
anything really that special out of him. Ohio at- State looks like a team, and you know what? I remember this because Kevin Wilson is the offensive coordinator right now at Ohio State, and he was also the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. And I really don't want to get offensive, you know, and, and be mean to him because, you know, I know his family. I know his, his son and his daughter. They're very nice people. They're friends from high school. So I don't I don't want to get, you know, uh, a little mean towards the Wilson family. But Kevin Wilson's offenses have always been very good scheme-wise, but they haven't always looked like the most fiery team or almost game-ready team. Now, I usually blame Oklahoma's lack of game preparedness in the past on Bob Stoops, but I did find it interesting that Kevin Wilson's offenses always looked a bit lethargic at Oklahoma, and now they kind of are looking like the same way in just his first two games at Ohio State. Again, he's a new offensive coordinator. He was the head coach at Indiana. I don't want to be mean. I love the family. I love his kids. You know, I don't. I don't want to be offensive, but you know, there was something strange going on. This team has a lot of talent on both sides and in the coaching staff. There's no reason for them to have looked so apathetic. I think a big part of what happened last week was the just the failure of the secondary. I know we talked about it last week when we were talking about losing Marshawn Lattimore, losing Malik Hooker. Those are big names, important pieces on that defense. And Gary on Conley. Exactly. And you really saw it this week when Baker was just able to do whatever he wanted through the air. And, you know, I, I might remind you, my, my buddy uh, Mark Andrews, he was out after the first quarter. And luckily his knee issue is not so bad. They haven't really announced exactly what it is, but just, you know, from my connections, I've heard it, it's more of a, a knee contusion. So I, I think the, the plan is, from what I've heard, is they're going to keep him out for a week or two, maybe three, just because the schedule gets a little softer and just before Texas they'll bring him in, which is great to hear, you know, because you never want somebody injured. But, you know, for Oklahoma it's awesome. And on top of that, it's even more embarrassing for Ohio State because our number one receiving option is a tight end on top of everything else is not even in, and, I mean, Baker looked like Peyton Manning. I mean, he's, he's checking at the line of scrimmage. He was dinking and dunking. Uh, you know, the the players, the receivers obviously played out of their minds, and they really tried, you know, and they put a lot of effort into it. But Baker just, he looked like he was going to be a first-round pick this year. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what you think about that, but, you know, to me that was the biggest takeaway of, of this entire game was it was the Baker Mayfield show it through from the beginning until the end. And you know what? If, if we just transition now to the Clemson-Aubrey game, I watched that a little bit in between the, the, you know, stressing out, going to the bathroom, freaking out over Oklahoma, and, and just looking at what was going on at Clemson. And you know what? Yeah, fine. Auburn, Auburn lost, but... You know, Auburn has a bad coaching situation, and, and Clemson barely won. I told you going into last week's game that the Clemson defensive line was absolutely going to take man. over. I 11 sacks in that game is just incredible. They The constant disruption, the constant having the quarterback on the ground didn't let Auburn get into a flow in the game, and that's that's what you saw. It's three, six points in the first half, shut out in the second half, it was just a complete defensive domination out of Clemson. And you know what? That D-line is, is you know, with uh, Wilkins and, and, and Seelan, and, and I think the other one is Thompson, they're both, they're all, both of them are, are, are going to at some point be, you know, NFL studs. But my main concern with, with Clemson is, are they getting too much credit for that game? Because they looked a little sloppy. And since the beginning of the season, I didn't even have them in my top 10. I think they're a top 15 team. But you know what? I, and we'll we'll talk about this. We'll touch on it later against Louisville. But I just don't see this team winning out. 
I don't even see them winning, losing just one. I think they'll lose two games this year. I could see that. Um, I I said I was saying it last week again. This game against Louisville and that game against Auburn were are really their last tests because they're after Florida State isn't really in the picture anymore. They're kind of have no competition in the ACC anymore. All right, so here's where I get into a little bit. I know we're sidetracking a little bit from the schedule, but the thing is, you know, Virginia Tech is a team that I'm looking out for because Will Greer looks amazing at West Virginia right now. I know he needs to work on his downfield passing like I I talked about last week, but, you know, he was out for two years. He still looked amazing, and Virginia Tech basically shut him down. Virginia Tech's going to be really scary. Miami's, although they looked slow uh, two weeks ago, they're going to be better. Florida State has still an amazing defense. That's They're, they're going to hurt. I, I don't want to say this in a, in a mean way, but, but Clemson's quarterback might get hurt against Florida State. That's how, that's how tough they are. And on top of everything else, you know, you got to add in tough games against North Carolina. Uh, and th- they're a tough team, you know, and, 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 and you never know what other teams like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on teams right now, uh, Virginia might do or Maryland might do. Teams a that- team like Georgia Tech is really interesting because I was watching their opener and that triple option looked absolutely lethal. Right. So, you know, you can think of just stud teams like Florida State because I know they lost Francois, but they're still going to be pretty good. Miami's going to be all right. Virginia Tech, I think, is my dark horse team as a top 10 team this year. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be very good. And, you know, you might throw in, like, a, a gimme game, like a North Carolina or a Georgia Tech, and, and, and you know, there you go. you got already, like, possibi- like a 50% chance of a two-loss season, you know. And and, and that being said, if, if the QB gets hurt at Clemson, it's going to be, like, a three- or four-loss season. And, and that's what worries me a little bit for Clemson. I'm not sure about the hype. I think they got a lot of talent, but I think they're, you know, one year early on it, and that's it. You know, that, that was my basically my takeaway for this week. You really can't expect that much out of Clemson. Granted, they are the defending national champions, but looking at the pieces they have lost through the draft, it's almost insurmountable. Yeah, I mean, like... Losing Deshaun Watson is just the biggest loss that any team could It's like Texas imagine. name. It's exactly like... This team looks like Texas a and They lost Johnny Manziel. They looked good the first three weeks, and then they tanked. And that's what... that's To me, that's what Clemson's going to be. Anyway, so uh, you know, I, I I was loving on Baker. I was I was rambling a little bit. So we're gonna now transition to Heisman. I'm gonna ramble a little more. Baker Mayfield. I'm so sorry, dude. I I I really was 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 not on your on on your side for two years. I was wrong. You were right. You're the winner. All right. Like you look. You need to win the Heisman this year. I think you deserve it after this game. And if you just you can you play consistently for the rest of the regular season. And you know what? I love Sam Darnold, but Baker deserves it. And you know what? If he if he improves his accuracy just a little more, or if he shows a little more power, I think he could be a first round draft pick. I, I really believe that. You always hear around Heisman time, does this player have a signature moment, that Heisman moment? I think Baker had his Heisman moment in that win against Ohio State. And it was the the flag. <laughs> it was exactly that. You're correct. No. Um Throwing for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns in Ohio Stadium against number two Ohio State, that's huge for a Heisman campaign. And, you know, th- th- you got to consider Sam Darnold. I mean, he looked good at Stanford, but then again, you know, Sam Darnold's the kind of player that if he doesn't have all the pieces around him, he's not going to be great. And that's why he really should not go to the Jets, guys. Sam, do not go to the Jets. As much as I want the Jets to be good because I care for them, 
please do not go there. You're just going to turn into the next, uh, was it Derek Carr or David Carr? Which one got destroyed by the Texans when he got drafted? David. David. He's just going to get annihilated. He's going to have, you know, like shell shock issues because of it. I- I'd rather you not go. Uh, that was my number two for the Heisman this week. I know Lamar was amazing, but again, again, then again, you know, Tony Romo was amazing on the Cowboys, you know, and then what ended up happening was at the end of the season. Lamar, same thing. At the beginning last year, he was almost averaging seven touchdowns a game. What's going to happen then in week seven or eight, right? I think Lamar actually looks better this year than he did last year. I agree. He looks so much stronger in his lower half, and he's just doing so many things better than he did last year. His accuracy looks better, too. His mechanics, I will admit that. I was watching the the Louisville-North Carolina game on Saturday. Of course. (laughs) Exactly. And he made a throw. He made a skinny post throw that he hit his receiver in stride almost exactly in the end zone. I have never seen a quarterback in college do that kind of throw. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I, I honestly watched the first half of, of, of the game, and I I, I wasn't really uh, hyped about it. I, I was impressed by his passing, though, and I really thought that he, in, in instances, he showed a almost Vince Young passing motion, which was not a, 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 a I guess, an issue for Vince Young coming into the draft. His issue was obviously the 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 personal issues and he not being him not being happy with his life while he was the the quarterback and obviously his issues with Jeff Fisher you know so Vince Young's career coming into call coming into the NFL looked very promising and you know Lamar is a little taller a little leaner but you know he's he looks just as good and and if he puts on a little more weight maybe 10 15 more pounds Okay, fine. If it slows him down just a little bit, I think that's okay because in the end, if you get like a a more talented version of Teddy Bridgewater, I think the NFL is definitely going to take him because I think the NFL really likes Teddy Bridgewater on paper, but he doesn't live up to it because he doesn't have the talent, whereas I think Lamar does. I think Lamar right now is my front runner for the Heisman just based off his first two games. Um, And look what he did against UNC, 525 total yards, six total touchdowns. But that, that is is that really better than what Baker Mayfield did? I mean, come on. That's a, come that's, on, a, that's a fair point. And granted, did Lamar did, did Lamar, Lamar Jackson go week. in and throw a flag in the middle of the O? Not do you yet, think he could ever do that? I I don't think so, but Do you think Lamar could to, could Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think if Lamar beats Clemson, for example, and I know we'll get into that later, do you think Lamar can get the team, the Louisville Clemson, into into the national or when if they beat Clemson, I'm sorry. Do you think Louisville can make it to the playoffs? I think they have a really good shot. All right, so let's do this. I'm not going to go into the top five draft picks. I want. I'm, I'm really heated about this. I want to go directly into Louisville Clemson. Who do you think? Who do you take this week? I got Clemson this week. Oh, okay. I, so he he loves Lamar. Lamar, I love but Lamar, he, he, you know but he doesn't think he's gonna meet the, the beat the sorry Clemson. I mean, they're full of sophomores. Come on, man. I think this defense is world class, and I honestly think that this defensive line can keep Lamar in check. I really do. All right, I mean, I I get you on that, but the thing is, is that you know their second their secondary doesn't look amazing. It's mostly their D line, right? And their linebackers aren't phenomenal. I mean, they're good, and the the, the receiving options that Louisville has are decent. And I'm thinking, you know, if 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 Lamar can just make a little moves, right, buys a little more time. Than, than than Auburn's QB had this past weekend, 
you know, I think then the sec the Clemson secondary is going to be exposed a little more. And in fact, at the beginning of the Auburn game, Clemson uh, Clemson starting quarterback, what a cornerback, one of their cornerbacks got hurt, and I don't know if he's going to be back this week. So they're already going to be putting their second string uh, cornerback on one end. And with that being said, I don't really know if 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 Louisville is going to actually suffer that much from from Clemson's D line because as soon as the receivers are out, Lamar just needs to make one defender miss. And he can launch it. And if the receiver catches it, that's all he has to do for the rest of the game. I didn't like what I saw out of Louisville's defense. Oh, it's terrible. It's they, it's, it's it's almost as bad as Texas names. They gave up almost 400 passing yards to a, a UNC team that really doesn't have any big names on that offense. I don't know their names, but North Carolina's running back and their receiver. He's a white guy, but he looks like the classic New England Patriots white wide receiver. He's the next one. I'm telling you, he's going to be like a six-round pick in two years, and he's going to be all pro. It's going to be amazing. I just, that's fair, and we all know the typical Patriots wide receiver. (laughs) Yeah, of course. But I just, I think that Clemson's offense had a tough time with Auburn's defense. They, granted, they're a very good team. They have a great defense, but they can't look as bad as they did on Saturday night. And and that's my concern also. I just think it's going to be offense versus offense, and it's just going to be really can Lamar beat out Clemson's D-line and outpace Clemson's offense. So I think the, the, most, the two important keys will be can Lamar make one defender miss, and secondly, can, can Louisville get one stop? Because if they get one stop, that means that – if they get the coin toss at the beginning of the game, they will always be one touchdown ahead if they just get one stop in the entire game. I'm not even asking them to get two stops. I know this is very sad to ask for a defense, but if they can just stop Clemson from scoring on one drive and Louisville gets the coin toss and they get the ball first, I think then that then then I think Lamar can can get a touchdown almost on every single drive. And I'm 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 comfortable saying that and I know that that's funny saying that from someone who's got him third on the Heisman list, but I just think that Clemson's Clemson's a sophomore team and and Lamar is is a is a junior and he's he's going to keep getting better with every game and he probably feels a little upset about what happened last year which if the receiver had just extended the ball they would have beaten Clemson Clemson would not be a national championship team right now guys I just want to put it on the record that I'm not going to be surprised if it does go the other way All right. because I'm with you on that I think Lamar really really wants that that moment that he didn't get last year, beating Clemson. Yeah, he didn't have a Heisman moment. Exactly. I think he really wants this game more than he did last year. And also, you know, if if you think about it, um, if if Lamar beats Clemson, then there's a chance that he could jump Baker Mayfield and be and have a very good chance of, of being a repeat Heisman. I don't think he deserves that. I obviously there will be a lot more weeks to to see, you know, if there's an upset or whatever. You know, he has to face Florida State's defense, you know, a lot of big tests. But if they if he beats Clemson and and it's kind of obvious that he's just single-handedly beating them and then the defense is not doing him any favors, then I think after next week he's going to be the front runner for the Heisman. Um, transitioning now to our top five draft picks, we're not going to be doing ten. We've got t- five this week. We want to just kind of consolidate the the number a little bit and focus on really players, five prospects for this upcoming NFL draft that really looked excellent. For me, the top player, again, was Sam Darnold. I thought he redeemed himself, and I think that 
it it he showed the moxie that a lot of players and a lot of scouts like seeing in a teammate and in a potential uh, I guess employer if you're you know an owner of a team and and and, and Darnold did show that the the main concern I have is he doesn't look like a guy who can really overcome um, if he he doesn't play well in spite of his team of his team's quality. Um, unless if it's a weaker team. And so I'm a little concerned that we might see the future Alex Smith. Again, I'm a massive fan of Alex Smith, and I, I think he gets a really bad rap. I think he's the kind of guy who, if forced to, he can make the right play to win you the game, but he normally doesn't do that. So if Sam Darnold is an, is an Alex Smith, I think the Jets are going to be really unhappy about it, and he's not going to succeed on the Jets. So I'm still going to put Sam Darnold at one, but I think my second pick is a better pick for the number one pick, which is Josh Rosen, the QB from UCLA. I really love what I'm seeing from him. He's really recovered well from his shoulder surgery. And I'm I'm finally glad that an analyst, at least on ESPN, has stopped criticizing Josh Rosen's sophomore year. And Chip Kelly, of all people who I really don't like, finally came out and said, y'all, like he just was hurt last year. There was not really much he could do about it. It's not a bad season. He was just hurt, you know. You missed seven weeks. What can you do, you know? And so that's my top two. I'll, I'll, I'll mention now the next three after you tell me, Matt, what do you think? So I have your top two flipped. Okay. I have Josh Rosen at number one because – he just looked phenomenal last week. He really did. He looks like an NFL quarterback. He does. He has the he has the frame. Um, he threw up 330 yards, five touchdowns last week against like it's Hawaii. So you yeah, but you know, out of him. yeah, but it was it was nice what he did against Texas A&M. As much as Texas A&M's defense is so bad, and I I dropped Sam Darnold this week because he got himself back on the right track, but he still didn't look great. He yeah, he looks very picks. good. He doesn't look great. Exactly. No. So that's why I'm a little bit more down on him. And my number three guy is Arden Key. Right. He's, and, and he's back this week. Yes, and, and I love that. An impact. And he's gained weight, guys. He's now at six six two sixty, not even anymore two forty five. So that's pretty good to see from him. Um, you know, just to touch up on Darnold, I just love his passing talent so much that he's the kind of guy that if you just put him in, like, if there's a team that would draft him, it it, ha- it should be the Browns, as much as I know people love Kaiser just after one week, even though I don't think he was really that great. Because the Browns are building all the other pro- all the other uh, positions on the on their roster instead of really quarterback, and I think that Darnold would fit in really well at the Browns. But to to touch up on Arden Key, yeah, he's two sixty now. Um, he's going to be amazing. LSU it looks like a, a playoff contender with Arden in. You know, it'll be nice to see him there. Something I'm looking for out of that pick is if somehow the Browns can get there and pick him. Imagine the defensive line with Miles Garrett and Arden Key coming off the edge. Yeah, that's, that's another option. About. Yeah, if you if if Kaiser develops a little more and looks like an Andy Dalton type of quarterback, I would then say, okay, I'm comfortable taking Arden Key over uh, a, a quarterback. Which the Browns have had a history, you know, of having bad quarterbacks. I know that they always have a new regime, so it doesn't kind of matter what the past regimes did, but it still kind of like stays in like the atmosphere almost. Um, for my fourth player, I'm going to go with Oklahoma offensive tackle Orlando Brown. He is the best tackle in the in college right now. He just ab- obliterated Sam Hubbard, you know, at Ohio State, and he's he's a fir- he's a top 15 prospect in, at the D line from Ohio State. So Orlando Brown looks like the best tackle. He's going to be a top five pick. It's nice to see Oklahoma offensive linemen's back into the draft. And my fifth player is going to be Derwin James. I know he was off this week, so I'm just putting him still at five. But you know, he's he's still the to me. Between him and Arden Key, the, one of the two better, you know, uh, defensive players in, in, in the maybe in, in the United States, you know, whether they're in college or the NFL. 
Yeah, I have Derwin James at four this week. He reminds me a lot of Jamal Adams. Yeah. He does a lot of things well. He's very athletic. He he hits really hard. And I can see him really excelling at that next level. He can kind of remind me of a Tyron Matthew. And your fifth pick? My fifth pick is going to be Minka Fitzpatrick. All right. Yeah, that's nice. No, I mean, it's always good to have a safety in there. I, I just, I don't know. I like Derwin a little more. But, you know, yeah, he has that he has that meniscus surgery from last year. So maybe Minka and Derwin will, will duke it out a little bit in the draft. But we'll see how it goes. Anyway, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us this week uh, on the student section college football podcast it's really a pleasure and uh you know i know this week is going to be a little quiet but we got a still pretty interesting game between louisville and clemson so thanks so much for tuning in for matt costantini matt breen and mir this is the student section college football podcast thank you